Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast. Chris Schubert, Jamie Eisner, back post-week 14 edition of the show. It is Sunday night as we are recording the show. You guys know the drill. We are here to recap all of the week 14 action as it happens. I am uh, serenading Jamie with my lovely Christmas tree in the background here. It's very distracting to him. He, it's the first thing he mentioned to him in the pre-show, so we'll see how this works for him uh, throughout the show. But before I let Jamie speak and we get into all of the games here on the show, got to tell you about our friends over at Bet Online. Back and better than ever, a new web interface for the rest of the NBA. And you got the college football bowl season coming up around the corner. NHL season is still going on. You got the rest of the NFL season as well. So plenty of stuff uh, to wager on over at Bet Online. Head on over to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code BLEAV50. That's B L E A V 50. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. Jamie, for some, like myself, it's the first week of playoffs. For others, it's the last week of the regular season before the playoffs begin. So uh, big-time matchups. Every one of these games matters even more. So a lot of fun things to get into here on the show today. Absolutely. And again, as a reminder for commissioners next year, please make sure your playoffs do not start in week 14 anymore. We have a new NFL schedule. Go weeks 15, 16, and 17 for your postseason. Well, Jamie... I have all the games here listed in front of me. I have all the box score information for, for me to, okay. to scream at you, and then you tell me what's important and what's not important. Let's start with a game that had an injured Baker Mayfield and then a Lamar Jackson who left the game with an injury. The Cleveland Browns beat the Baltimore Ravens 24-22 to in a game that wasn't particularly close through the first three quarters of the game. And then the Baltimore Ravens decided, now nah, we'll make it close in the fourth quarter of the football game. And I think really the big takeaway that you look at here on this game is – the Cleveland side of things, Donovan Peoples-Jones, five catches, 90 yards on the seven targets. I mean, that's really the, the thing that I would point to right away. Mark Andrews had a big game. I mean, that's probably – Well, I have two more interesting things on the Baltimore side than I do right now on the Cleveland side. So for Cleveland, like Peoples-Jones, he's going to kind of do this. He's popped up here and there. It hasn't been very consistent. I still think he's a, a good third option for, for a real-life team, but – uh, I'm not running to the waiver wire to pick him up. The thing to me that's really interesting, aside from the injury, obviously, on the Baltimore side, is really twofold. One, a big bounce back game for Rashad Bateman, who was yeah. completely out of the game plan for Baltimore last week. What uh, <sighs> One target, zero catches for him. So he comes back in this game, seven for one of three, had monster catches down the stretch there. Wasn't quite enough to, to pick up the win, but he was huge for them. And Mark Andrews continues to be an absolute stud. And, you know, a, as I look, at this tight end landscape right now, and I know we'll talk about the Kansas City game in a second. Uh, next week, I will tell you, spoiler, next oh. week will be the first week since, first, excuse me, first non-Kansas City bye week since, heck, maybe since 2019 that I will not have Travis Kelsey as my tight end one going into the week. Well, and I think a, a large part of that, Jamie, has to be 
the fact that Lamar Jackson, this injury looks like to be a high ankle sprain, and you know with those that he's going to miss an extended period of time. Yep. So if Tyler Huntley is going to be the starting quarterback, that's probably going to mean a lot of Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews is the focal point of this Baltimore offense as it is, but even more so with Lamar out, and you saw that 11 targets for Mark Andrews, caught all of them uh, for 115 yards, and he added in a touchdown to make it even better. But yeah, he's going to be the focal point of this passing attack. And it's not a one-game thing. I actually got to see Tyler Huntley operate the offense in full in person when they played the Chicago Bears a couple weeks ago. And Mark Andrews was his favorite target in that matchup as well. So uh, I'm not, I think Mark Andrews won't be my tight end one next week. Uh, that's going to be reserved for somebody else. But he and, and Kelsey are going to probably fight it out for who is tight end two. Like it's very possible that Kelsey might not even be ranked among my top two tight ends next week, which has been a long, long, long time since I could say that for a week that he was actually active and playing. The Saints snap a five-game losing streak, beat up on my New York Jets 30-9. to And for those of you who like to take notes while uh, watching this podcast or listening to this podcast, uh, you're going to want to take notes for this one. Uh, Jamie Eisner, 1,000% correct. Earlier in the week, he gave me words of wisdom and said, you know what, play taste mill at quarterback. You, you don't have to watch the game. It's going to be ugly. You're not going to enjoy watching the yeah, don't I mean, watch you did because it's the Jets, but like Correct. for those of you that were not insane and are, did not grow up as Jets fans and don't have to deal with that pain and sorrow, just plug them in and just, just don't watch them. Can you just let me give you the compliment? You're just running over my promo, which I'm giving you a compliment. Can you just let me sorry. give it to you? You I'm told sorry, me to play Taysom Hill because you know what? At the end of the day, it's going to be ugly at times, but you're going to look up and he's going to probably have about 25 fantasy points and you're going to feel pretty good about yourself. Taysom Hill, that was an ugly football game for the New Orleans Saints. It was an ugly football game all across the board. And you look up at the end of the day, Taysom Hill, 25 fantasy points. He does not throw the ball particularly well, only 175 yards in the air, but he has 73 yards and two touchdowns on the ground, and that's going to make you have a fantastic day. Including a 44-yarder at the end of the game. At the end that, of the game. He really should just probably just slide, oh, but beautiful. fantasy managers beautiful. are thrilled that he didn't. Um, no other really takeaways that, from New Orleans. Yeah. Like, uh, Kamara's great, but you know that. Like, there's really – I don't have to tell you that. Uh, you, you're not debating whether or not to play Kamara anymore. Uh, on the Jets side, um, it, it's nice to see that Ty Johnson uh, – like, what was he What was he doing? Was he, like, playing in the mud? Like, what was he trying to do in the, that first half besides not catch any pass that was thrown to him? So it's it's the Jets' favorite thing to make Zach Wilson's life a nightmare by just not being able to catch passes. It's just, it's just what they love to do. And I think you really saw, specifically in the first half with Ty Johnson, but you sorely missed both Elijah Moore and Corey Davis in this football game. Not having either of those guys' yeah. pass-catching options just shows you how much of a struggle this wide receiver room for the New York Jets is, and it does not help Zach Wilson as a rookie quarterback uh, mature all that much as a young quarterback when he doesn't yeah, have his they, two best pass-catching options. They're playing some dude named DJ Montgomery. Today. Well, you can't play Denzel Mims because he can't line up properly and he gets penalties all the time. That's all. Oh, no, Denzel Why, is, is a bust. Uh, yeah. But yeah, when you're playing a wide receiver, I've never heard of from Austin PA. That's that's not great. But uh, I do think the one notable takeaway from this game is that I think Braxton Berrios is on the fringe of fantasy relevancy. Like you're going to have to be in a really deep league, preferably a, a full PPR. But like as a guy that's hanging around like wide receiver 65, 66, again, if that's somebody that is relevant in your particular league, that is where he'll kind of space. So he'll like he'll hit the very, very back end of my rankings going forward, but you need to be in a pretty deep league to care. But you're not playing many Jets, let's be honest. In the uh, weekly episode of what can Urban Meyer do to get fired as the Jacksonville Jaguars head coach, uh, they go out there and they Ooh. lose to the Titans 20 to nothing. Noted uh, winner, Jamie. Urban Meyer, by the way, as his team gets eliminated from the playoffs today. Not his coaches, though. His coaches are a bunch of losers. Coaches are a bunch of losers, but Urban Meyer, noted winner. Are they 2-11 and now? 
They are 2-11, 0-6 on the road. And listen, I know that this is a fantasy podcast, but I just do want to take just a brief moment to talk about this. He just look, he just looks dumb. Like, he, he, he is not good at playing the body language game. He looks like a man that is just done with all of this. And he they wants should, the Jacksonville Jaguars should be this. done with him tomorrow. They should be. They should have been done with him a couple of weeks ago. But sure. that's neither and, here nor there. Look, when this latest news came out, which, by the way, apparently talked to Jay Glazer, he denied the Marvin Jones part, but did not but deny But then confirmed the everything stuff. else. Yeah, confirmed so, everything else but the Marvin Jones part of the story. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's like someone's like, you know, on your way to murdering somebody, you jaywalked. Like, whoa, 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 I didn't jaywalk. Like, that's basically what he did in this scenario. Uh, he's there. I would put his chances of being back in Jacksonville next year at about 5% at this point. And I would put his chances of being back in Jacksonville next week at more like 50 50. Uh, well, they weren't going to fire a coach less than 24 hours before kickoff, but I would not be surprised if they mutually part ways or Urban Meyer they, like fakes a heart attack or something. Leave they, that in there. I don't care. Like his, his BS no, from no, no. his college days is. It, this wasn't a Gary Kubiak situation where it was like a legitimate, like, oh my God, this guy's having a medical event. Urban Meyer is just a coward. Urban Meyer, at every ter- every coaching turn that he has had in college football, has used whatever excuse he is he he couldn't come up with to get out of that situation. So no, we are leaving that in there one thousand percent. Not a lot of stuff in this game. Only twenty points across the board. But Jamie, I, and I don't know how many people are playing Trevor Lawrence. It would probably only be in Q- two QB leagues. But four interceptions. There's just it is not looking good for him on that regard. They can't run the football. They had eight yards rushing. Well, they didn't try. Like James Robinson, even, like clearly he's pissed at James Robinson because he was on the field for like six. So that means he has to be pissed at the rest of the running backs. Well, the rest of the running backs aren't good. You're gonna play what Carl's Hyde? Like it just it's it's really bad. Um, from from a fantasy standpoint, I'm sorry if you're a James Robinson fantasy manager. I don't know what to tell you. Like he's probably still gonna be ranked as a flex play, but like who knows what kind of performance you're gonna get with Urban Meyer still there. Marvin Jones is a, a decent game. Uh, and then Laquan Treadwell, again, we talk about back end of fantasy fantasy relevancy in that like wide receiver 50, wide receiver 60 range. Uh, Laquan Treadwell continues to, to perform at least for that caliber of a player. For most of you, that's not going to matter. But I do want, you know, I don't want to ignore people that are playing in deeper leagues that are having to look at wide receivers ranked outside the top 40. Uh, Jamie Julio Jones returns to the lineup for the Titans yeah, and only has four. Oh, okay, all right. I gotta okay. stop. I gotta stop. I gotta stop doing this. I gotta stop putting Julio Jones in my top thirty receivers. Well, I just gotta stop. I, I, gotta, I, I gotta listen I, to me from August and just stop doing this. Yeah, I I played Julio Jones uh, this weekend because he, he was activated, and I thought, man, I don't have anybody else. He's gonna be able to come back in this lineup and get in just. Feast. Well, that was that was a useless proposition. Four catches for 33 yards. Uh, Donta Foreman might be a thing, Jamie. I know you're probably going to shake your head at me and say no, no but no, I, I think he's he's in the conversation. The question is going to be: you're going to have to be down bad at running back because I I don't think you're going to want to start him over a lot of other receiver options in like a flex right. spot. But to me, he's clearly the back you want. Uh, he they've made it clear now with several different weeks with injuries with McNichols coming back, McNichols out. Peterson in, Peterson out, all this other stuff that's gone on over the last few weeks that Deonta Foreman is going to be their lead back. Wasn't spectacular, but always has a chance to get into the end zone here. Um, He is relevant. He needs to be owned uh, across the board. Uh, Depending on matchups, he's probably not going to be ranked in the top 25, but 
again, I don't know what your running back situation is. I don't know how many RBs you have to play, but he definitely should at least be on your radar. So I agree with you 100%, Chris. Yeah, I'd say I'd say this too. This is a much different conversation if we are in the middle of the season and there's bye weeks, right? With this being right. the last week of bye weeks, everybody's available unless they're injured on a weekly basis. So that's going to change where Dante Foreman's going to rank. But I certainly think he's somebody that you need to give consideration to. Uh, name somebody who had a worse day than the Las Vegas Raiders. Coming out in the pregame when the Chiefs are inside, getting ready for the game. All meet up on the logo, dance on the logo, just, you know, absolutely taking a shot at the Kansas City Chiefs. The first play from scrimmage for the Las Vegas Raiders is a defensive touchdown, and then that was all she wrote. The game was never, from that point forward, this was not a football game. The Kansas City Chiefs just had fun out there for, for four quarters as they went 48-9. to nine. Uh, And Jamie Clyde Edwards-Hilaire gets into the end zone twice. Uh, Tyree Kill, four catches for 76 yards. Travis Kelsey does not have a very good game. Uh, just looking at this here from the – there's nothing to talk about from the Raiders side of things, so we're just going to focus there, on There's these. a lot of things to talk about in this game, though. Uh, and actually, there's some stuff on the Raiders side. So this is this is something I'm really intrigued by because, one, uh, the Raiders absolutely deserve to get their ass kicked. That's some Bush League shit for a team that does not deserve it. Uh, oh, I get to put the, the explicit game. tag on the show now, too. Yes, Let's you can. Go. Some Good Bush job, League shit. The, the Las Vegas Raiders have not earned the right to do what they did in the pregame. They have not. What have they won? What have they done? When's the last time they've been in the playoffs? Well, because they beat the Chiefs there last year. Like, they like, beat the Chiefs all... once in the, like, the know, last I'm, eight meetings. But, but Jamie, like, I, I'm, I, I'm agreeing with you. I'm just saying in their minds dismissive because they wanking beat the Chiefs, motion. They're... Okay. Dismissive wanking motion. The Las Vegas Raiders, uh, and, and I know after the game was like Derek Carr and some others were uncomfortable with it. Well, you're a leader of the team. If you're that uncomfortable with it, Derek Carr, go out there and tell your teammates to cut the shit. Uh, so they absolutely deserved to get run over the way they did. The final score is indicative of how poorly they played. Um, Hunter Redfro is a freaking stud that is going to get every target in the book. and a touchdown. Uh, going to get every target in the book while Darren Waller is out. Uh, he is a must-play wide receiver, too, moving forward as long as Waller is sidelined here. Got, what, 14 targets in this game? Uh, Josh Jacobs is not a starting caliber running back in the NFL. Uh, he's still going to be fantasy relevant as a top 25 guy because he has end zone opportunities. But uh, I'm starting to think from a real life football perspective that Josh Jacobs is just not it, as the kids say. And on the Kansas City side, uh, you know, guys got in the end zone. Like, I- I'm not rushing to pick up Derek Gore. Had a nice run there. I know he scored he's a couple one times. one big run. There, but... Hold on. He's got nine carries for 66 yards and a touchdown. And his longest was 51 yards. So take that out of out – of out of the equation and it's nothing so yeah not gonna nice run. don't care uh, if you bring him up to me on the waiver wire show i'm not even going to address it chris no i won't do that that's on that no, now i won't do that too uh edwards Lillard gets in the end zone but didn't look particularly great in this game the story of his the wall. uh yeah he's not good by the way just i'm sorry kansas city he's he's not good but but neither one of these first round running backs are very good so by maybe we should stop taking running backs in the first round uh darrell williams catches a touchdown tired kills okay uh, another underwhelming game for travis kelsey three for 27 now and I think that's the big takeaway is that it's back-to-back three for 27 games for Travis Kelsey. Uh, he's had three games in a row now where he's been held under double-digit points. I, I don't – you don't probably have a better option on your team. I doubt you have Kelsey and Andrews or Kelsey and, and Kittle or anything like that. But it's it's definitely disappointing because when you, you took Travis Kelsey in the first round, the idea behind that was you were going to get a, a major statistical advantage at one position over all of your opponents. And it just has not played out this year, even despite how terrible the tight end position has been overall. I'll tell you this too, Jamie, right? You look so there are gonna be people that are gonna look at this box score and see forty eight to nine, and they're gonna be like, Oh, Chiefs are back. Look what they just were able to do at home. 
this wasn't necessarily an impressive performance. They got a couple of big-time defensive touchdowns. It was but, impressive for their defense. But the, and I but think the it's question marks that, that we trend. still have about their offense, I don't think have gone away. They didn't answer those this week. And I know they're sitting 9-4. and four. I know they're sitting in a good spot in the AFC. But I still think all the things that we said early on about this Chiefs team, I don't think they've completely answered those things. No, but we have a banger of a Thursday night football game this week. Oh. Chiefs Chargers can't, in L.A. cannot wait. That will be a, a phenomenal game. And by the way, a very good litmus test for where both of these teams stand. Uh, I believe winners atop the AFC West. Jamie, I need help. Can you help me? Okay. Uh, I'm not a professional, Chris. Well, you're professional. Oh, for fantasy. Oh, this is where I need your help. No, 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 no. Don't need your help there. Dallas Cowboys beat the Washington football team 27 to 20 in a game that got close in the fourth quarter that really didn't have any business being close. But that's not really the stupidest game of the day, by the way. Well, I want to talk about a a stupid part of this football game. There is no Tony Pollard for the Dallas Cowboys. Correct. Can you explain to me what his Eagle Elliott stat line is today? Can you explain this to me? Yeah, he's hurt. (laughs) Like, they're pretending he's not hurt. He is hurt. Because uh, 12, 12, carries, 12 carries, 45 yards. He catches one pass carried by for Corey 15 Clement. yards. Remember him? Corey, uh, shout out, Wisconsin, Corey Clement? I believe so. Yeah, former Eagles great, Corey Clement. Yeah, yeah it, it, look, Zeke's hurt, and you're just going to have to understand that he's going to be in the – like he gets 13 touches in this game, and that's kind of where he's going to be. They were also inexplicably passing the ball a lot late, and it almost, again, with a Cole Holcomb pick six, it almost cost them everything in that game. And I, w- I would argue that Kyle Allen was down on the fumble late, but that doesn't matter what I think. But uh, it's going to be weird. Like Elliott's going to probably be tethered to running back two territory for me going forward because he isn't healthy. And again, I think if Tony Pollard's in this game, maybe that he only gets maybe 10 touches. So – Something to be aware of, but Pollard's injury is not going away. What you, what, that tear in his foot is going to be a problem for him for the rest of the season. So Dallas is in an interesting spot with both those backs banged up right now. They, they Again, they were down at one point in the fourth quarter, both of their starting tackles. and it, there, There's just a lot of weirdness happening in this game. But uh, CeeDee Lamb has an okay game. Cooper gets back in the end zone. Michael Gallup, solid games. Really not much for, for Dalton Schultz or Zeke. On the Washington side, Gibson's fumbles are a problem, man. Like, Six of them now. Leads bench. the league, doesn't he? Yeah, he's going to get his ass benched. Like, I know there's no J.D. McKissick, and it's not like you're going to give Jarrett Patterson or Wendell Smallwood like a, a ton Excuse of carries you. or anything. Jonathan Williams got into the end zone. Don't you be disrespectful like that. Adorable. Uh, you're not going to get those law work. Terry McLaurin leaves this game with a concussion early, so he, he puts up, a, I believe, a complete nothing burger. I don't believe he got, got – yeah, he didn't even – I don't even know if he got a target in this game. Four of them, actually. Four of them. Really? Went 0 for 4 on the targets. Ugh. Uh <laughs> I mean, there's really not much here. Camp Sims mossed Trevon Diggs. That was fun. Oh, my oh, goodness. My. Oh, that was that was fun. Uh, but other than that, really not much to, to bring home here. Uh, just a disappointing game. Again, you're not benching Gibson. We'll see what Terry McLaurin's status is next week. But it is uh, it is it's not great for Washington. They they have they have to get a quarterback this offseason. Like there's just not, that's not breaking anybody news. I'm not, I'm not like, oh, my God, I've never heard of that before. But. Uh, they they can't go on with Heineke and Kyle Allen and or they just can't. Speaking of teams that are going to need quarterbacks next season, the Atlanta Falcons beat the Carolina Panthers twenty nine to twenty one, and I think which one? Applies, no, that's what I'm saying. This statement applies to both of these teams in, in this football game. Um, three quarterbacks play in this game: Cam Newton, PJ Walker, and Matt Ryan. All see action in this game. Um, Jamie, where would you like to start here? Where would I like to start? Well, uh, I think we got to at least give a shout out. It's been a very, very rough season for Robbie Anderson and puts together a nice game here. Was seven for 84 and a touchdown and was as involved as he looked. He was a key. targets, led the team. Yeah, he was a very key component to their game plan uh, today. Again, 
a guy I would still probably have hanging around wide receiver 50, not a must start by any means, but if you're in a league where you're somehow playing five receivers, he is somebody at least you can consider. Uh, DJ Moore is a little bit banged up at times, but that's an okay game here, six for 84. Okay for him. You know, I, I'm holding DJ Moore to a different standard nowadays. You know, Chuba Hubbard gets in the end zone, didn't look great. I was surprised how little Amir Abdullah was involved, particularly in the passing game. I, I thought he could be somebody that gets a little bit more there. Cam gets in the end zone early on a rushing touchdown. Again, kind of saves you know his 10.7 fantasy points on the ground made him at least startable uh, this week, but continues to struggle as a passer and got benched for the four-minute drill. Like They, they yeah. felt that uh, P.J. Walker was better uh, better equipped to execute the four-minute drill at the end of the first half than, than Cam Newton because, as we've been telling you on the show for two years, Cam Newton is washed. Uh, the Atlanta side, uh, Patterson gets in the end zone again. You know, he's got his, you know, he has, what, 12.8 points or whatever in this game, and you kind of feel mad about it because he's been that good. Uh, Russell Gage, another solid but not spectacular game. Kyle Pitts, for a tight end, 5 for 61 is a freaking throw-all party at this point. Can I, for can I amend that statement? Year. For Kyle Pitts, that's a throw-all party. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's... Kyle Pitts, and I said this on on the Money Down show, and obviously, Chris, you know that because you're you're the producer behind the scenes. You're the executive producer. But uh, for those of you that didn't watch, one shame on you, and I'm a little bit hurt. But for those of you that that didn't, I will reiterate that Kyle Pitts is going to have the most underappreciated and underwhelming thousand yard rookie tight end receiving season ever. And you know what, Jamie? We love to see that thousand yard season because I have a bet with Kyle about it, and he needs a thousand for me to win. Like he's so gonna, if he's I don't healthy, care. He's gonna cross a thousand yards, and like it's gonna feel like the most whole hum season. Oh, no, don't don't care as long as he gets to that thousand mark. I'm going to be uh, very happy with that. Um, anything else you want to touch on here? Because I need to I need to get a penny for your thoughts about it, another game. So oh, that's so bad, Chris. <laughs> so is there anything? It, you it is to- nice that finally, after what like seventeen thousand years, um, Rashad Penny finally has a decent game. Okay, so if you're great, comfortable, I'm going to segue to the Seattle Seahawks beating the Houston Texans 33-13, to 13, and I think they place two-star Rashad Penny, uh, 16 carries, 137 yards, two touchdowns. Jamie, there are people that are already in your mentions asking you about him. I already oh, he's going to be the number one waiver wire pickup of the week. I have no doubt in my mind. I think he's worthy of a waiver wire pickup. I'm not spending half my fab budget because I don't think he's good. But if he's going to get this work, and quite frankly, I know Alex Collins is not good. DJ so, Dallas? No. So <laughs> I, the workload is intriguing enough for me. I, again, I think he's worthy of an ad. I think he's a guy that's going to be in the flex conversation. I wouldn't lose my mind. Obviously, he had a monster game. deserves all the credit for it. Uh, Seattle's not going to be lucky enough to go up against Houston's defense every single week. That continues just to, to bloodlet players, good players out of their building. Uh, Tyler Lockett, another monster game. Lockett's like regaining his early season form here with Russell we Wilson. Had our, remember those we, first few games of the year. We had our patented Russell Wilson throwing the ball deep into the end zone and going, huh, I don't know if there's anybody down there. Oh, Tyler Lockett's there. He called Tyler Lockett somehow down there. Okay, yeah. Uh, DK Metcalf still not heavily involved, four for 43. Uh, No, he did have eight targets, Jamie. They're forcing the ball to him, and he's still not doing anything. Yes, I understand that, but he did was second on the team in targets, so I think that is that is fair to point out. There well, are who else that, that Monday night game, Penny Hart. Know, that, okay, but in fairness, that Monday night game, they didn't even throw the ball his direction once. So this is this is a step in the right direction. DK Metcalf's second halves these last two years are fascinating. If this continues the final handful of games of the year, we're going to have an interesting conversation because I mentioned last year in the second half he was outside the top thirty wide receivers. In fantasy, and I was like, my big talking point. If, if those of you that have been listening from the off season, that was a big talking point for me. He's having another second half like that. I don't know what that means. Like this is weird. Like usually, first half, second half splits are a thing we talk about in baseball. It's not something we talk about a lot. 
all. But uh, it's been a problem for him. On the Houston side, I mean, yeah, you're, you're playing Brandon Cooks. Yeah, and that's it. I mean, Nico Collins has a nice game, but I don't know if he's anything other than a wide receiver three flex consideration. I don't even think he's there. That. Like he could have, like he's been up and down. Like I like Nico Collins as a player. Like call me interested about him next year as a late round flyer. But right now, I just don't think you, he's consistent enough that you need to pick him up. Uh, Royce Freeman got some significant pass catching work out of the backfield, but I, I don't know how much it is. Burkhead again, if you need a running back four, but that's mostly because David Johnson was out. If he's back next week, I don't like Burkhead as much. There, there's not a lot here. Revan Jordan's coming along a little bit. Like they have some interesting pieces for next year. I will say this: Davis Mills looked better than I thought he's been. Like he's he was somebody that really struggled when he first got his opportunities, and looks a little bit better now that he's going to get some more work here the rest of the way. Well, Jimmy, you could you could maybe say that the Houston Texans offense is dull and you don't really want to have anything dull in your life. So say goodbye to dull gifts, light box, lab grown diamonds, the brightest gift of the year using cutting edge technology and innovative techniques. They've cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality lab grown diamonds you can find at a light price, $800 per carat. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but are just grown in a lab. Because of their process, they can create stones in blush pink and beautiful blue, as well as that classic white. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off, priced so that they won't have to. They really do make any outfit sparkle. Visit lightbox.com to add sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox diamonds, never a dull moment. I'll take everybody behind the scenes here a little bit. We are recording this this show, at least the beginning part of the show while Sunday Night Football is going on. It's the, it's the first quarter. I'm a little bit ahead of Jamie on the screen, so I watched a touchdown get scored, and as I'm doing the light box read, out of the corner of my eye, Jamie just throws his two hands in the air as if to say something happened, and then I'm like, oh, he's just behind me on it, the It me. I've never not believed in Jake. We move to the afternoon <laughs> slate of games. The Broncos beat the Lions 38-10. to 10. And Okay, before you go I want, further. I, want to start, I wanted to start somewhere, but I'll let you start first. This is like... Here's the one thought I had watching this game. You know, whenever a team plays a really bad run defense and we all sit throughout the week and try to imagine what the best case scenario is for multiple backs. And it was we this. watched that play out. Who's this? Both Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams get a pair of touchdowns in this game. Gordon, two on the ground. Williams, one in the air, one on the ground. Like this was like the ultimate fantasy, like a fantasy fantasy. Like this is what we always think about when we when teams get to go up against a terrible run defense that they're just going to absolutely dominate them. Uh, the two running backs have 39 carries between them. Uh, this was a monster game for both players. Uh, a, a very touching moment on the Denver Broncos' first play of the game that had you absolutely. probably a little teary-eyed. Uh, going with 10 men on the field, getting the penalty uh, to honor Demarius Thomas, the Lions declining the penalty. Classy uh, for both sides to be able to do that and, and have that moment on the field. So I, I did want to at least start there, but you were right, Jamie. Melvin Gordon, the big uh, game on the ground, 24 carries, 111 yards to two touchdowns. Javante Williams has a big game as well. And I think everything that you and I have been saying about Javante Williams, and we're not the only – two people on this. Javante Williams has, has been talked about in fantasy circles all year long as this is going to be a, a big-time fantasy player next year. You and I have had the debate on the show where we think he's going to be uh, in fantasy drafts next season, where he's going to slot into this running back uh, category. So to be able to see him now put these games together, this is now back-to-back weeks that we've seen this. I think everybody else is starting to catch up to, oh, okay, that's what everybody's talking about uh, there in uh, Denver. Uh, the Detroit side of things, can we touch on real quick? Sure. I'm on Ross St. Brown. 
eight, car- eight catches, 73 yards on 12 targets. He is very much a focal point in this offense, and I think it's certainly yep. worth consideration if he's still available uh, in your leagues. And, Jamie, I don't know if you know this, but uh, the, the Detroit rushing attack, they didn't have a lot of people. Uh, they had to lean on uh, Craig Reynolds in this football game and uh, 11 carries, 83 yards for him. So I'm going to get ahead of the curve here. I'm not, I'm not going to wait. I'm not going to bury the lead here and save this for the Tuesday show. Craig Reynolds, waiver wire pickup. I'm la- I can't even I can't even finish saying. Eh, no. Um, although it does appear that DeAndre Swift might miss multiple weeks, which is something to kind of be aware of. But uh, I would imagine Jamal Williams is back next week. But yeah, I'm not picking him up. Only other note from this game, Alberto was is starting a little bit more production. If you're if you are like a psychopath and play in a two tight end league for some reason, uh, that is somebody that should be on your radar. There are some psychopaths out there that do that. Or I guess if you play like a super tight end flex, I forgot what, they, what the official name is for like tight end gets like one and a half points per reception. There's a special name for it that is escaping me right now. The Chargers pick up a uh, much-needed victory against the, the lowly and uh, quarterback-injured New York Giants team, 37-21. to 21. Herbert has a monster game, 275 and three touchdowns. Austin Eckler, 12 carries, 67 yards and a touchdown. Catches two passes for you as well. Uh, Josh Palmer with a big game, five catches, 66 yards. He gets into the end zone. A decent game for Mike Williams, six catches, 61 yards. Uh, that's really all, Jamie, unless you want to touch on Jalen Guyton, who has a touchdown in this football game as well. Well, that's back-to-back uh, dozen-plus point games for Jalen Guyton. So, again, somebody that's it's merging back onto the fantasy radar there. Obviously, no Keenan Allen helps. Uh, you know, that's 10, 12, 14 targets out of the offense right there. Uh, Eckler left this game banged up. So, something to kind of keep an eye on going on a short week here. It was very productive for you, but uh, I don't know how much of it was precautionary because they were winning in a blowout and playing on a Thursday night. Uh, but he's definitely something to be aware of going forward. Uh, Herbert's pass to Guyton, by the way, was freaking stupid. Like I believe it was like 65 yards in the air. Like it was, it was absolutely nuts. Giants side Saquon Barkley got in the end zone. Hooray! Yay! Um, other than that, uh, nobody played him, but Mike Lennon had a pretty decent fantasy day. Three total touchdowns, including a rushing one. So like, cool. Uh, speaking of, oh, by the way, Kenny Galladay is horrible. Like, what are we, what are we doing here? I didn't think that needed to be said. I thought that was just kind of a standard at this point on the show. But if you also if you'd like to take. I, I, I guess one other semi-point, if you're in a deep league, Devontae Booker seems to kind of find his way into 10 fantasy points every single week somehow still. Like, you kind of look up, he just kind of finds his way into, into these fantasy production there. Uh, got uh, 12 touches in this game. Just something to kind of be aware of. Like, if you're in really, really, like, deep, desperate mode, like, he just finds a way to get production, even with Saquon Barkley back. Uh, Jamie, you mentioned um, what a good throw that Justin Herbert had. I saw a couple good throws from one Joe Burrow uh, in the 26-23 overtime loss to the San Francisco 49ers. And boy, are there storylines to talk about in this football game. Uh, I'd like to start on the San Francisco side of things. Um, Hello, George Kittle. Nice to see you. Hope you're doing well. Thanks for coming to the party. The tight end position really thanks you. Yeah, this looked like the George Kittle from like two, two, three years he ago. Was, every time I looked up, he's running somebody over. He's making a big catch. It was, it was vintage. He had to catch the game. George Kittle. He had to catch the game in overtime. Like I mean, he was an absolute monster. Uh, Thirteen for one fifty one and a touchdown. Uh, Brandon Ayuk continues oh, his redemption tour. Up, baby, Brandon Ayuk continues nice the redemption him. tour. I'm, I'm really glad to see. It. I think he's a good player. Uh, San Francisco running back Debo Samuel gets a rushing touchdown again. Uh, okay, so I still want to talk about this because. I'm still a little bothered by this. We're not learning anything new, Jamie. I don't he think had we're, we're one target. Right, but he only had eight he only had eight carries. At some point he's not gonna score a touchdown, right? 
Right, and at some point, then he's not going to be relevant to you because he's not touching the ball enough. Uh, he's not touching the ball enough, running the ball, and now they just completely decided to not throw him the football. He's just not a receiver at all anymore. Like I, I don't. This is a, 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 just one of the strangest seasons uh, for a guy that was absolutely dominant through the air. Uh, then just mid-season deciding, no, no, he's basically going to be our lead running back. Uh, again, you've got the production these last few weeks, so you're happy about it, but. As a guy that was putting up wide receiver two overall type numbers, it was like him fighting, just nipping at the heels of Cooper Cup. It's got to be a little concerning. Like his upside now is way, way lower than it would have been a month ago. Uh, but he got you a touchdown on the ground, so we get you get you what you need there. But, uh, but yeah, I, I think the big takeaway from from here is that a George Kittle is going to be ranked as my tight end one next week, uh, and b dude. Brandon Ayuk is absolutely startable going forward. Can can I can I add a third takeaway? And it's on the Cincinnati side of things. Yeah. Nice to see you, Jamar Chase. Welcome back. He, he thought everybody forgot about him, and he's like, let me reintroduce myself. Yeah, and he almost had a third touch. I guess it would um, would have been his second before, the, obviously, the the big one at the end of the game. But uh, that he barely drops the ball, like the nose of the ball yeah. hits in the end zone. It's like one of those ones where, like, by rule, it's not a catch. But, like, 20 years ago, that's a touchdown uh, type of a thing. But uh, he looked good. T. Higgins continued to have a ton of success. He's having a real nice late season resurgence as well. So, and it's and it's funny. Tyler Boyd got you almost ten fantasy points, about nine and a half yeah. fantasy points, and is the fourth leading receiver on the team. He's so. almost had a nice game for a tight end. Every, like it's just yeah, everybody did well for you. Maybe this except a quality uh, fantasy Mixon. day all around. Except if you, if you except if you have Joe Mixon on your fantasy team, like I did. Yeah, but you know what? You can't complain after like the way he's been dominating those last few weeks. You're gonna have you know. What does he have here? What, 5.8, 6. It's an eight-point game. That sucks. But he's been dominant recently. Like, you're going to have these games. Uh, Jamie, the afternoon slate definitely made up for some of the morning slate games that were not particularly entertaining. And uh, it was capped off. I believe this game finished last. The it Bucks did. and Bills in overtime, 33-27. Uh, to 27. Tom Brady continues. Uh, he a leader in the clubhouse for MVP in a season in which oh, yeah. no one's really grabbed it. He's, he's starting to take hold of it now. Uh, 363 and two touchdowns in this game. Leonard Fournette continues to just be on a tear right now. 19 carries, 113 yards and a touchdown. Mike Evans has a big game. Chris Godwin has a big game. Rob Gronkowski has a big game. Brashad Perriman has the game. I, okay, I, I, I wasn't going to talk about this from a fantasy context, but yes, Brashad Perriman. Hello, how are you? Jets, Jets legend Brashad Perriman to you, Jamie. Uh, he Bucks, catches the, Bucks previous legend Brashad Perriman. We can, I, we can Ravens, probably do this all day. Yeah, we can do this all day. Ravens legend. Uh, so my big take, uh, I guess there's a couple big takeaways here for me. One is that uh, I was, I wouldn't say apprehensive, but I was at least eyeing. I had Leonard Fournette ranked as my RB6 overall. That's as highest I've had Leonard Fournette since his like early days in Jacksonville. Uh, and he continues to be an absolute monster. Uh, and just He looks like a different player. He looks like the LSU version of himself. He looks like an absolute dominant force. Uh, Godwin and Edwards are both awesome. We know that, which is why I talk about my ranking. I have them next to each other in the top 10 because they're awesome and they find a way to get it in different ways. Gronk's been great as well. Like If you ask me right now if I had to play one of these guys next week, am I playing Gronk or am I playing Travis Kelsey, I would think about it for 30 minutes. Like I, I, It's it's that close at this point. Um, I'm not picking up Perriman, but it is funny. I remember seeing in the pregame people were there were some Bucks fans that were screaming about Scotty Miller being a healthy scratch in favor of Brashad Perriman. I feel like hmm. they felt differently once that game do ended. You, do you still, are, you, are they still angry about that? Probably not. Uh, Josh Allen, QB1, as we speak right now. So barring some weird shenanigans that happens in this game or Monday Night Football, Josh Allen will finish the week as the QB1. That's now, in fairness, in fairness, you have two quarter, you have one quarterback on Monday night that could put up some numbers to be QB1. Sure. 
Kyler, Kyler could Kyler could go nuclear. You got two good quarterbacks there. But yes, Kyler could could absolutely. Well, but, I know uh, how you Josh feel about Allen. Stafford, so I wasn't going to make try to make that claim and make that case. Well, I mean, Kyler Murray with the rushing upside and the way he's played right. this year has got a better. Like he's averaging more points than Stafford, so like I get it. But uh, Josh Allen, I still feel like he's probably going to end the week as QB one. Uh, had a really had a, obviously a really good game for him. Dawson Knox, monster game. Stephon Diggs. Can we, Jamie? <sighs> I'd like like seven, like I, I hate to be disappointed for seven for seventy four. I just I feel like every I, week we do we do we look at the digs box score and go yeah okay. I'd like to have we a got real Minnesota digs conversation. I'd like to have a real football conversation at okay. the end the afternoon slate. Okay, I'm officially worried about the Buffalo Bills. Oh, the Buffalo Bills are a bad football team. So here, let me talk about this for a second. Let me talk to you for a second, Christopher. Here's an interesting stat that I, I was sharing with my content team today that I know you're not in that channel, so I'm going to share it with you all right now. Uh, let me pull it up. I should have been prepared. here. It is. So, the Buffalo Bills this season, when they have when they played a team's starting quarterback for the majority of the game, because there's a one instance there where they like Tua got knocked out like in the first five minutes of the first quarter. So, but they basically played a backup the whole game. When they've played a team's starting quarterback, they are two and six this season. They are five and zero oh against backup quarterbacks. That include Taylor Heineke, that include Jacoby Brissett, that include Davis Mills, that include some players of that most caliber. So this is a team that has beat up on some bad competition, has lost three quarters of their games against just starting caliber quarterbacks. Now, the positive thing for them is going to be they have an easy path to 10 wins still. They're going to play, um, they're going to play the Panthers, Falcons, and Jets all at home. Oh, they, and then obviously see, they have the huge Patriots game. ESPN did the so, thing again. I, I know they, they did the they thing. Mo- they moved the Jet game to the top, and so we, I didn't we see did that this. game. We did this bit. Unbelievable. I wish it was a bit. You actually didn't see it. So they play the Panthers, Falcons, and Jets, and obviously they have a huge game against the Patriots. I believe that's week 17 they play the Patriots. But if you you should they should beat the Panthers, Falcons, Jets on their home field. Correct. Give them the loss to the Patriots, so which I'm not sure where seven. that game is. I'm assuming that game is in New England because I doubt they play four straight home games in the season. Well, um, Jamie, they just played New England on Monday Night Football. Where was that game played? It was in Buffalo. Dude, I, I was snowing. traveling on Monday. Kidding? I don't know what plan. Uh, no, come on. I don't get, it, it was just – they play in New England. It could snow in – like you think that weather couldn't happen in, in Fox? No, but, but, we, but it was just it was just so – it was talked up all day long and, and – it... I don't know. I, dude, I was on a plane. I didn't know where, Fine, where I'll anything was playing. I'll allow it. So ten, I think 10-7 so, gets you in. I think 10-7 gets you in. Yeah, I mean, they're going to get in the wild card, I think. If I, had to, if I had to pick right now, they'll be a wild card team. But do you feel confident this is a Super Bowl contender? I don't. No, 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 no. Not one bit. I don't, I don't feel go. good at all about it. There you go. Sorry, Joe Marino. Now, they showed some real fight in this game. They could have easily packed it up. Like, they were getting their asses kicked at this game. They were down three scores for a large portion, down 21 points at halftime, down 17 late. Like, they could have easily packed this thing up and, and, and took their ball and went home. Uh, they didn't, and they fought back. And quite frankly, there were plenty of opportunities in this game that they should have won. Uh, and they gave really – they what, were they like seven yards of winning this game in regulation. So, like, they, they deserve a lot of credit for that. But overall, they, this is a team that just hasn't beat anybody good. This is This would be – if you took the the logo off the helmet and you take away the preseason hype, this would be that classic team we used to discuss in the show as the good bad team, mm-hmm. the team that beats up and just dominates all the bad competition, but they struggle against good competition. Like they're they're the the kings of the middle class. 
that's what I feel like Buffalo is right now. They can't run the football effectively. They can't stop the run effectively. That is, And that's not new information. But now you add in the injury to Trey White on top of all that and the fact that you're not getting the same level of production from Stephon Diggs that you did last year, you're not getting the same level of production from Emmanuel Sanders that you got in the first part of the season. And it leaves you with a team that can compete, but it doesn't feel like a team that's going to win a Super Bowl. And then there was Sunday Night Football. The Green Bay Packers beat the Chicago Bears 45-30 to in a game that was absolutely 1,000% a tale of two halves. You had a Chicago Bears team come out extremely motivated. A lot of things broke their way. Special teams touchdowns. They jump out to an early lead, and then they could not make any second-half adjustments and gave it all back to the Green Bay Packers. And a lot was made in the first half of this football game about the coverage job that was uh, done on Devontae Adams, and uh, that didn't last very long. Devontae Adams' final line here, 10 catches, 121 yards, two touchdowns. He has a big game. Alan Lazard has a big game. He has six catches for 75 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Aaron Jones, fantasy managers, you got some vulture touchdowns in this football game because A.J. Dillon gets the lion's share of the work on the ground. He goes 15 carries for 71 yards, but Aaron Jones only has five carries the whole game, but he runs one in in a red zone opportunity, then also catches one out of the backfield. She so got a Two touchdown performance from him. Like I said, you got the monster performance from Devontae Adams. You got a 340-yard performance and four touchdowns for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Rodgers had a fantastic game. He looked good. And then on the other side of things, this Bears offense looked solid in the first half of this football game. I mean, they were able to put up 30 points in this game, 27 in the first half. They led this game 24-14 to and then just proceeded to give it all away. Uh, the coaching was bad. Uh, Aaron Rodgers continues to just absolutely own the Packers in, in every capacity. You, nothing really right home about. Darnell Mooney, guy we talk about on this show all the time, one catch for 19 yards. David Montgomery, not really out there all that much, or at least it didn't feel like it. He has 10 carries for 42 yards, six catches for 39 yards. Again, a lot of those came in garbage time. Justin Fields, if you, if you are still playing him potentially in two, two quarterback leagues, two touchdowns, 224 yards, and he also had 74 yards on the ground. But just a, a the score said this was a 15-point game, and the Bears certainly played well in the first half, but they did not play well in the second half of this football game and gave it all back uh, to the Green Bay Packers and then some. So a, a, a interesting way to end at least the Sunday slate of week 14 and you, you got some big time players in the Sunday night game as well with the Rams and the Cardinals Kyler DeAndre Hopkins Matt Stafford Cooper Cup Odell Sony Michelle got a ton of players in the Monday night matchup that could potentially make or break your fantasy season I know for me Round one of the playoffs, it is going to come down to that Monday night game. I'm going to have to sweat that game out probably like some of you are. That's going to do it for us here on the TDN Fantasy Podcast. As always, you can follow the show on Twitter at TDN Fantasy and at thedraftnetwork.com. Underneath the Fantasy tab is where you can find all of the fantasy-related content. We're back on Tuesday. Uh, waiver wire rankings, well, those big-time pickups that you might need in order to stack your roster for a playoff run we'll have those for you and then jamie will have his week 15 rankings and we'll get you set for what should be for most of you the start of the fantasy football playoff so everybody have a great start to your week we'll talk to you on tuesday only four percent of universities in the u.s are r1 research institutions and temple university is one of them this means 100 percent of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty with over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit